Hey everyone, in today's episode, if you skip to 36 minutes, you will get the top 11 facts about 9-11. We talk about football being back a little bit, not too long, so you don't have to get too bored. Um, and we talk about my brother's company, NWC, them getting their content out there. My boy Jake, just being entertained. Uh, Cam Newton and his story and what it's like to be a creative. And, you know, what is your parents' perspective from you being a creative or an artistic person or out there? And so we have a great, great podcast for you. I hope you enjoy. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, The Circle Club. And yeah, enjoy the episode, everyone. This is episode 16 of The Tyrone Rose Show. Here we go. Shorty from Barbados. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Well, I can't fight Halo. Last time I seen a shorty like you, my crib had cable. I don't remember yet the last time that my crib had cable. Take my hand, I say Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tyrone Rose Show, episode number 16. What's going on? How's everyone doing? It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon, September 12th, 5.51pm. Um, I had a lovely weekend, it was nice and relaxed. The NBA 2K22 game came out. Um, traditionally, I don't buy the game, I hate it, but... I was like, you know, let me try something that I used to love, see how it's been. It's been a while since I've played it because they don't up the game. They up, they don't update the game. It's like the same game every year. Um, it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't great, but, you know, I'm not approaching it the same way I would when I was a lot younger. When I was younger, I would play games nonstop, nonstop. Now I'm like, let me play this for 30 minutes, cap it off. I'm done. Or let me play two rounds of something, then I'm done. Uh, I think that's important, and that's been a theme I'm trying to add more to my life is scheduling and timing and making space and room for things and really blocking out. Like I feel like we don't block an, out enough like time for us to do nothing or block out time where it's like I'm just going to spend this two-hour period with someone. Um, today, actually, this morning, Matt and I had a writer's session. Yeah, I was supposed to be involved. He didn't come. He had a prior obligation. We're going to try to make it a recurring thing. But we just spent some time writing, doing a lot of writing, sketches, um, skits, all that kind of thing. And uh, that's going to be some very, very, very good content. Exciting for you guys to see. But for now, we're just in that writing stage and development. The TikToks are going to keep coming and you might see some of the characters, you might not, but we are trying to develop a full-on show and make it a whole thing, so <clears throat> very exciting stuff going on. Uh, we also, uh, Miss Carly and I, went to go to the Woo Sox game, the Worcester Red Sox. They are a triple-A team. For those who don't know what that means, it's like you have the professional uh, Boston Red Sox team, and then there's a step below, there's a league a step below, and that's what this Worcester Red Sox team is, and they are one of the oldest teams, I believe, to uh, ever actually exist. I know at one point, if you go to like the Worcester History Museum, which is a great small museum, by the way, it's phenomenal, they have this whole exhibit on baseball jerseys and things like that, and there's some really cool stuff in there. Like, I didn't know that some women teams used to play against the men. Um, there's a similar thing that happened in basketball. 
Uh, a lot of the dress and uniform, it's evolved over the years. They tried to go commercial. They tried to go sponsor. They didn't want to have so much colors because of print. Like, if you notice, this is true with flags, too. A lot of a lot of countries and, and companies, they don't use the color purple because it's more expensive to print. And so you see this trend where a lot of the teams end up using like one color or two colors. It's a lot of blues, red, white, and blue. And they kind of pass it off as, oh, America, but really has to do with cost a lot of times. And you see that a lot too in fashion and in and the industry. Like, think about it. When you look, there's not a lot of orange. There's not a lot of purple. Uh, not a ton of greens that are used, but those are definitely the coolest colors. Um, so, yeah, so I, I actually, I recently just put a TikTok out. I did a few. I did not know that Magenta on Blue's Clues was a girl. I, I'm still not convinced. I've seen this over and over. Uh, they're saying that Magenta was always a girl. I always thought it was like, you know, blue is... Typically a color of a baby boy, you, you you know, you give them blue. For a girl, it's pink. So I thought with Blue's Clues, it was like, oh, blue is a girl and magenta is a boy. And it's like, you know, just because you're a boy doesn't mean you have to wear blue. Just because you're a girl doesn't mean you have to wear pink. Um, and I kind of thought that was like a cool, cutesy, progressive thing that they were doing during our childhood and all that. Come to find out they're both girls. I'm like, that just ruins the flair a little bit, right? Um, I don't know, but I guess it does kind of line up with corporate America being like, oh, no, that's that's a bit too uh, left for us. But I put out a TikTok with that, which is kind of fun. Um, I did this other one about remakes, so people always cry and complain about remakes. Like, oh, this generation, there's just remakes. It's all we see is remakes, this remake, that remake. And so I put this TikTok out, which did kind of okay numbers, and you'd be surprised at some of the movies that are remakes, like Freaky Friday, Planet of the Apes, Ocean's Eleven, King Kong, Jurassic World, Mr. Deeds, Scarface, You've Got Mail. Like, I think a lot of people didn't know that those are remakes. So just think about that. And every generation, too, becomes that generation of, like, when I was this age, we were better. It's like, no, you just had a different perspective. When you're younger, you think that your generation's the greatest, this, that, the other thing. And then, or you go, oh, I'm not going to be that way when I'm older. And then you grow up, and you get older, and you start being like, you know, all this new stuff, this change, it's too exhausting. Um, I wonder if that, I mean, I have this theory that humans aren't supposed to live to 80, 90, 100. And I think there's definitely some exhaustion that comes with living forever. Obviously, I'm not telling anyone to, you know, make that happen, end your life or anything. Absolutely not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is there is definitely something to it's like after a certain point, it's like what's the quality of life there when you just keep trying to extend it and extend it. And I saw this thing where Jeff Bezos, the evil dictator he is, is trying to, he's invested in a lot of these companies to work on reverse in, like reverse aging. And I'm like, God, we cannot use another 50 years of him on this planet. It's just going to, like, fall apart. I saw this video. Where there was, like, a tornado in the Midwest. And it's crazy. Like, it literally took out this entire house, and it was there for 30 seconds. And I'm like, man, like, that's the future. You know, that's the future that we're heading towards. 
it's scary. It's scary. And um, just in case if you're ever in that situation, it, apparently if you look at a tornado, right, and it doesn't look like it's moving, that means you need to get out of there because that means it's coming towards you. So if you're looking at a tornado, it should be either going left or right. If, if it's not moving, that means it's coming towards you. You need to get out of there immediately. Um, and I think the safest or the only place you can really go would be in a basement of some sort. So if you're uh, out there, I think you might be shut out of luck because you can't outrun a tornado. Um, and there are some smaller ones and stuff too. But anyways, anyways, so we went to the Worcester uh, Red Sox game. It was a lot of fun. It's a brand new stadium, and uh, it's just like a great family-friendly environment. Honestly, the stadium's better than Fenway Park. Fenway Park's got that nostalgic, old, traditional thing, but that stadium sucks. There's not really a lot of entertainment going on other than the game, which is very boring, to be honest. And uh, the food is super expensive. The people are just super packed. Um, when I was at this place, they, they had like, you know, the digital checkout, self-checkout kind of thing going. It's really beautiful uh, glass walls that you can see through everything. A lot of history. Like, I didn't know the guy who made the smiley face was from Worcester. Like, the legitimate smiley face. It's funny because you never think about that. Like, someone had to create the smiley face. That wasn't a thing. And so the guy who created the smiley face, as we know it, with the yellow smile and all that, was from Worcester. Fun fact. Um, but, and we were, cause we were curious, like, why is like this smiling baseball, the, the, the mascot, that's not really like intimidating or anything, um, but it has to do with the history. So that was pretty cool. And the chick tickets were extremely cheap. I think they were like 16 bucks to get in there, but it's a good time. You can actually, if you get the general admission tickets, you can kind of walk around the stadium and they have like certain sections that. You can sit in a chair or walk around or whatever. Uh, we chose to go near the grass section. So you, there's like a big grass section that you can go over there and sit. And uh, we found some nice seats over there. So you really get these like premium seating for very low price. I think next time I go, I will get a seat though. I, just my back cannot handle that. But, you know, seven years ago, maybe. I would have been fine to do that, but it is a really good experience, and, you know, mostly probably, like, who cares about baseball, or why would I want to go? It's just a nice family outing, and, and you'll totally get what I mean if you go. Look it up, the Worcester Red Sox, the Woo Sox, they go by. We're from around that area, so everyone from around this area is like, oh, my God, you know, it's just open, and the place is just tremendous. It really is. Sorry, let me get some water. Um... <clears throat> shout out to my boy Jake <clears throat> Jake he's been listening to the podcast this guy's like one of the best musicians that I've ever crossed to be honest like ever met uh, we did some work together when I was in college he did some of my uh, senior film score and, and he added a couple sound songs in there uh, but he's just like this super talented musician he gets really experimental very folky at times and <clears throat> he just reached out to me and was like hey man I was listening to the Phoebe Bridgers episode that you did like loved it it was awesome and he just reached out we haven't spoken 
in probably a couple of years, to be honest. But he just reached out, and that was pretty cool of him to do. I really appreciate that. If you're listening, Jake, shout out to you, man. And um, Phoebe Bridges, man, oh, like I, I can't stress enough. I wish Matt had it within him to listen to anything other than rap because, I mean, she's just so talented, really just so talented. And for you guys who like the Bo Burnham uh, special, she covered his song. Uh, I'm not sure which one was it. Like, there it is. Or let me look it up. Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, that funny feeling. Yeah. So Phoebe Bridgers did that funny feeling. Uh, and it, it it's funny. It sounds almost like he wrote it in her voice because it just fits so perfectly. But going back to Jake, like this guy is like one of the most talented people I've ever met, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with him again and maybe we'll we'll cross paths and and make some magic together but you know it makes you wonder about the talented people that you've met in your life but also how many people uh who haven't made it who are super talented due to like circumstances and stuff you know they couldn't pursue what they wanted uh because of financial hardship because their parents forced them a different direction um you know they feel like oh I'm older I can't pursue this thing uh, that's why I I, I, sh- I feel like I shout her out every friggin' week, but I really commend what Hannah Dubin's doing because she's going out there, even though she's got her regular job, per se, that you would say every day. She's going out there, taking classes, acting, modeling, trying to just get involved with everything, and same thing with Chris or whoever else is out there. And it, it, it's it's good to see people chasing after what they want, which is happiness, right? And and comfort and, you know, doing something not just because they have to do it or because someone else told them to, because they genuinely want to do it. And I just love to see that and hear that. But it makes me wonder with Jake, who's just so talented, and he's, I think he's working in, like, uh, cyber tech or something like that. But it, it makes me wonder what if he could just full-on do it. And I think that is one of his goals, and when he drops something, I'll definitely put it and let you guys know to just check his music out. And, and let me know, too. If you if you did listen to him, you liked it, uh, DM me, Tyrone Rose Jr. on Instagram. Just and let me know what you thought. If you're listening to this in the future, do you know Jake's music? Have you heard it since then? Is it great? I'm sure it is. Someone else <laughs> who put out some good content is uh, actually my brother. My brothers, uh, Tylen, Andres, and Jason, they have this channel called NWC. Look them up on YouTube. So uh, NWC dropped this video. It was hilarious. It was like this whole thing about a dollar challenge, and they give people money basically asking them questions or to do something, whatever. It's like a quick two-minute video. you got to go check it out. And it was hilarious. This girl didn't know who Harriet Tubman was. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like, can you imagine? She must have been so embarrassed, and her friend was just like, yikes. Like, Harriet Tubman? And then, like, Amelia Earhart, she got, I, I won't even spoil it. Just go watch the video. It's just hilarious. They did a really, really great job. I'm proud of those guys. They've been working hard, too, trying to figure out what their voice is, what their content and all that is. So uh, go definitely check those guys out. Um... Before we jump into some 9-11 stuff, um, 
great transition. But before we jump into that 9-11 stuff, I just want to talk quick about the Patriots. So football is back, and, like, I am pretty much out on it. I don't care. Like, I, I told you guys a few episodes ago, I'm like, oh, my God, Cam Newton. Like, Cam Newton just got this swagger to him, and just he's a very confident leader and just, just seems like a genuinely, like, great dude. And uh, he did this one-on-one interview with his dad, which I thought was just awesome. And you can see how supportive his dad was and, like, had his back and had his side. And I think that's something, like, a lot of us who are in the creative space would like to do one day when we have some sort of success is... Because, you know, your parents are just always rooting for you. Like, my mom, like, she's tuned into the streams and, like, checking out the content and all that stuff. It's funny. She was like, she's like, oh, I watched clickbait and like went through because I think Talia mentioned it on the stream. Um, you know, it's just sweet, just cute to have that support. And um, he got the opportunity to sit down with his dad. And it was a great interview. And he just talked about, you know, his experience being a patriot and like being cut and what it was like. And it was very like unfiltered. Like we always hear about players and sports people getting cut or they're no longer on the team. But you don't really hear like what that process is like, how you found out, how do you know? So it was interesting. I and mean, then it was like a 25 minute video, but you can kind of go through and skim if you want, but it was worth the listen to. And just to see, like, it, it's interesting. It's like, you know, I, I was using Leonardo DiCaprio's example, right? Like Leo's this big, larger than life guy, but like, who is Leo when he's sitting across from his mother? You know, that is a just interesting dynamic. And even if you don't know football, you probably have heard of Cam Newton, seen Cam Newton, because the guy's very funky and swaggy and got the cool look at him. Like, everyone's like, talking about his hat, like, oh, the hat, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's just kind of who he's always been. And it's funny because he was saying that, too. He was like, you know, everyone's always focusing on, like, you know, oh, you're dressed this way, you do this thing, blah, blah. He's like, I've been the same dude since high school. Like, you, he's like, I have been the number one. Uh, rated quarterback since I was in high school, when I was in college and football, like I made the Super Bowl. He's like, it's not like you can't look this stuff up. He's like, type in Cam Newton on Google. You'll see I'm all swagged out and in, in, in dressing and care about fashion then too. And that's 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 interesting to see that. Like he's, I think he's one of those rare people probably who, you know, they go through their life kind of like true to who they are but they mature and grow because if you listen to some Cam Newton stuff when he was younger, like he probably would have reacted a bit differently and been, you know, more like, man, this is some BS. I can't believe they cut me. I deserve to be here, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he just had a very mature approach about the every, uh, about everything. And I think sometimes we forget with, you know, celebrities and actors and um, all these politicians and stuff is that they're human you know at the end of the day like cam newton's 32 he's six years older than me six and at the same time it's like fame and success makes some people grow up faster and it makes other people you know they grow up slower because they have something to lean back on and and they have something to distract them from growing up per se and What's funny to me is that you don't think about your friends being in those same positions, but they really are. It's like we're all at that age now, if you're in your 20s, where you're like, I'm growing up and things are changes. And like some of my friends are having babies. Some want to get married. And like some of us are 
out drinking uh, on a Thursday or a Wednesday, which my head is fucking crazy, but, you know, to each their own. And, and, and if you're in high school or college or even middle school, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, some people want to go out and drink. Others are like, hey, you know, I just want to focus on my school and my sports. Some people want to get a girlfriend. Others are just like, I'm not interested in that right now. Maybe when I'm in college. And so, like, we're all, like, that's what's interesting is, like, we think there's this perception that everyone's got it figured out. Everyone's got it together. Everyone, um, you know, knows where they're going or heading. And in reality, they don't. I think some of us are fortunate enough to kind of have sort of the direction. Like, even me, like, if you ask half the people who knew me when I was growing up what I was going to be, they'd probably say, oh, he's probably going to be a doctor or president or senator or something like that. And you ask the other half, they're like, oh, that kid probably went on to do music or act or or something artistic and creative. So... You know, at different points of different in in your life, you're you probably know some directions and it changes. I mean, I was what four semesters from being done, going to grad school and med school, and trying to pursue that. But I just made a quick shift, and I was like, eh, I don't think that's gonna be me. I think I'm gonna be happier creating and and you know, diving into brands and, and getting to be artistic. You know, I told you guys I started painting and stuff again. Uh, I made this, I made something I was very proud of the other day. It was like this intergalactic nebula looking kind of thing. And I, I just, I was just kind of feeling myself at the time. And I'm like, man, this is, this is great. But it's also something I'm like, I'm not going to share with people, even though it is. And that's kind of typically my thing. I'm like, damn, I got to show people how great this thing is. But I'm like, nah, this is just going to be something for me. So people come over, they can see it or whatever. You can ask me, but you know, that's not something I'm sharing with the public in the world right now. Um, just, I'm just going to keep that to myself, keep getting better, working on it, having fun, because right now, there's no judgment on it. It's just kind of from me. The only person really judging is Carly. She walks around and is like, huh, I don't get that. Or, oh, I don't like that. But even she uh, saw him was like, wow. So that, that was a nice feeling for sure. Uh, it's, it's good. Like, for whatever re- weird reason, too, like, I feel like people love to pretend like they don't enjoy to be praised or have someone say good job or whatever. And I'm like that's not really me. Like I, I, I enjoy what just happened here. Uh, I enjoy people saying, Hey, great work, Tyrone. I mean, do I need that? No, definitely not. I don't need that from people, but it is nice. It's definitely nice to hear, you know, when you're working on something and people are like, Hey, hey man, we dig this, you know, we dig this. So, at any rate, at any rate, and for any of you who are curious or wondering, oh, do you support Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks? No. Like, Tom Brady was my guy. I loved him to death, but, I mean, once he left, it just, it was like, it is what it is. You know, he's moved on. That's that. I'm a Patriots guy, and I love the fact that they picked up Cam, because I love Cam Newton, but now that Cam's off the team, man, and I feel like they kind of did him a little dirty, 
it's tough. Part of me, I'm like, I want this team to be successful, but if they lost every game, I wouldn't be mad because I'm a big karma guy. I think you don't you just you do someone dirty or wrong in this world, you kind of get what you deserve. And the Patriots have always had this bad boy villain kind of thing about them, and if that's who they want to be, then well. I, I I hope that there's repercussions. I hope there's repercussions. But at any rate, this weekend was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, which is wild. Do you guys remember where you were at that time? It was 2001. I know a lot of people probably don't remember at all. And I probably wouldn't have either at the time if I was in different circumstances because most young people who were, I think I was in first grade or something like that, maybe, no, going into second grade, would have just ignored it. You know, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. But at the time, I was actually homeless. So my, not not like living in the streets, but homeless. Like, so our house had caught on fire. This had happened twice at this point, I think. And so we were without a home. So we were just, jumping from place to place, you know, we lived with my aunt, we lived with, um, and my grand, and my grandparents lived in the same multifamily three-layer floor, I told you guys before, and so it's not like we could be like, hey, Nana, can we stay at your place, because their place also caught on fire, right, and then my cousins live on the third floor, so it's like, can't really go live with them, which is, you know, my mom's brother and sister and my dad doesn't have siblings so it was a very tough time and very weird and people were letting us stay at their place for you know a bit and so we stayed at my aunt's for a bit we stayed at my mom's friends for a bit Uh, I think we stayed at my grandmother's house for a bit and we were just kind of hopping from place to place and that was and the school was really cool with helping um, because we get a bus route, so they were cool trying to help us integrate that and figure that out, and everyone was just very supportive, and so that was that was really good to have that support net, I think, for my family, um, but it, it was a weird time. I mean, like, I, I've gone through <laughs> some very strange periods throughout my life where it's, like, just stuff kids probably shouldn't have to go through, but, you know, pressure makes diamonds, so. Or therapist clients. <laughs> um, but so I do remember where I was in 9-11 because my parents had pulled us out of school. Now, I, I my recollection of this, is, it gets a little fuzzy, obviously, because I was a kid. The way I remember it is I remember my parents pulling us out of school, me coming home. We're watching the news, talking about blah, blah, blah. And then I see the first plane go through or the second I think it might have been the second and I just remember my aunt being like oh my goodness and she was just so fearful and we like sat in the uh living room and she would like you know had her put our heads down and pray and all that and me and my siblings were just like oh my god it's not really our thing but you know people do those things when they're in uh, distress and I remember distinctively because I you know, I'm like, what the hell's going on? I turn on SpongeBob, and at the at the bottom of the screen, it's like, you know, emergency announcement. Turn to this channel, emergency announcement. And I could read pretty well at that point too. 
And so I'm like, emergency announcement? What's that all about? And so then my aunt switch, flips the TV back to the other thing, and as she flips, literally probably two minutes after the other, the, the next plane goes through. And I don't know how my parents knew to take me out of school. Like, see, that's where it gets fuzzy. I'm like, did they... And the, t- the timeline is weird with 9-11 because I know the first... I think the Pentagon originally was the place that got hit first. Um, so then I think when that happened, they pulled me out of school because they were like, something's going down. And so they brought us home. They were like, look, you know, we want you guys to be home if anything goes down or you're all together, which, you know, I think that makes sense too. Um, and then the first one could have got hit in, in on the Twin Towers or could have been the first got hit, they pulled us out of school, and then the second. But I feel like the, what I said, the first thing I said makes more sense just because of time, the, the, the time delay. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's where I was, and it, it just changed forever, man. And I remember going back to school. They were talking about this devastating thing happened, and my parents were... Oh, give me one second. I don't know what that was. All right, all right, I'm back. I don't know if you guys heard that. Jeez, she uh, Luna, like jumped onto a chair, knocked it over, ran and like crashed down the blinds. Oh my god, this cat. Uh, but yeah, basically where I was leaving off was I just remember it being like this big devastating thing. About you know there was an attack in America and. You know, these bad people came and did this bad thing. And then there was all this news about did we know, did we not know about our national security. And that day completely changed security forever. Um, I was talking to Carly about this. Is the quote-unquote big brother uh, nation that we have now, it, it really stems from that. And they've always had the capabilities and technology because of World War II technology and, you know, pushing science and technology, they've always had the ability to uh, get into your text messages, get into your phone calls, your internet, whatever. But back then, it wasn't really the same way as we have it today, where now something happens, trending, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, everyone's thoughts and prayers. Back then, you didn't know. It was just kind of like you had the news, everyone's sitting back there like, what's going on? And... Uh, what's interesting is after that, everything changed because then they started, you know, listening in on calls and, and emails and all over to get any information that they possibly could on this thing. And I was talking to Carly, maybe this is just me being, um, I, I don't know the word, but I was talking to Carly about it and I was like, I feel like there's no way that they didn't start working with companies to be like, we need to find a way to have people give us their data on their own accord without us having to ask of it and beg for it. And I think that's where social media really rise. And if it wasn't the launch of social media, it was definitely the talking point of social media rising where all this stuff was just out there. And, um, and I don't, let me look up. I'm not sure what the very first social media was. The very first social media um, let's see, first social media site was Six Degrees, yes, exactly, Six Degrees, um, was very popular until about, like, 2003, and that was this whole thing of, like, like, oh, you know, 
Tyrone knows this person who knows that person who knows that person. We're connected by three degrees. I know this person knows this person, this person, this person, this person who's connected by five degrees. Um, and then, so it got popular to 2003, which would be basically a year and a half after 9-11. That's when it kind of died out. And then MySpace uh, became a big thing where people created their own profiles and you know, where they went to school, where they were like worked and all this kind of stuff. And then that forever changed the course of history because from there, we're now giving them the photos, giving them the data. Like there's literally, we're literally creating a database online. It's like my name, my profile, my last name. This is where I worked. This is where I went to school. And before they didn't have that direct access. It was all kind of police logs and you know, this person goes to church with this person and word of mouth. Oh my God, this cat in the background. Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, so I was just talking to her about that. And I was like, think, I was like, that might be a pivotal point. Like, you, it's hard to talk about 9 11 without people thinking you're being insensitive and stuff. But I do think there is something there to that. And I wouldn't be surprised in 15 years if we look back and go, or there was some news or, or story about, hey, that was the pivotal moment where, you know, the police state, the, the big brother state started because that's when they, they started having those conversations about we need to be in people's back pockets. Um, and Tyrone, if you're listening to this in the future and you were correct, always trust your gut, buddy. Always trust your gut. But I wanted to get into... Um, a recommendation, and then jump into these cool 11 facts about 9-11. So, or not cool necessarily, but just interesting, interesting. So, there's a documentary on Netflix called Turning Point, 9-11 and the War on Terror. So, I haven't seen this personally, and there's a ton, a ton of 9-11 documentaries out. Um, Stare clear of the one on Apple, just because that is more of like a propaganda piece. It's like, Bush being like, oh, we didn't know, and like them trying to be like, you know, trying to make themselves look like they're not incompetent, but it's like, dude, it's impossible that you did not know that. If you hijack a plane, and the person calls and says, hey, we have someone trying to hijack the plane, well, guess who the first person that gets notified? The air marshal, and who does the air marshal talk to? The White House. There's literally no way. It's not like it was like, boom, 9-11 happened, and then we got notified. They knew. They knew like 45 minutes before, which is why they started scurrying and trying to get the president, his wife, vice president, all these people uh, bunkered up. There's a funny clip, though, where Bush's wife at the time was like, like she called, he called him like, are you okay? Where are you? What's going on? And she's like, yeah, we're, we were supposed to take off, but we landed because of your people's orders. <laughs> um, so there's like little stories and interesting things like that with some of these documentaries, but definitely check out the one on Netflix and be careful because a lot of them do have that bias and propaganda. It, it, long story short, if, you, if you're watching this and it doesn't make the administration sound like they're total idiots and like, you know, and if it goes way too, you know, pa- patriotic Americana and it's like, like us versus the bad guys, like you're probably not watching a documentary. You're watching a puff beef, a, a, a political propaganda piece. Um, in this one called Doc, uh, this doc called Turning Point 9-11 and the War on Terror, that 
that apparently is a good one, a strong one. So check that out. But all right, let's jump into this. So I'm getting this from DoSomething.org. It's 11 facts about 9-11. Number one, on September 11, 2001, nearly 3,000 people were killed, 400 police officers and firefighters in the terrorist attacks of the World Trade Center um, at the Pentagon and building in Washington, D.C., and the plane crash near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, see, that's something I think a lot of people don't think about. It's like everyone goes the World Trade Center, you know, the Twin Towers, but no one ever talks about how there were two other places, the Pentagon and the plane crash near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, that happened. Uh, number two, 9-11 was not the first attack on the World Trade Center. A bombing in February of 1993 killed six people. I read this, uh, or saw this interesting TikTok about this guy. Um, let me look it up to give this man his... Due diligence or his um his moment. Let me see. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, Carly sent it to me. So basically, there was this dude who uh, worked in the World Trade Center. Oh, this is a shame. Am I do I really not have it? Um, there was a man who worked in the World Trade Center, and he was working security and I think he's from Ireland or something. And he was like advocating heavily for them to like practice, you know, an escape rope, practice escape rope, practice getting out. And so he went up and he, even though it was annoying to all these people at at JP Morgan, he kept like telling them we need the routine, do this once a month. Um, and then because he did that, everyone knew. And at the time, everyone's like, this is crazy. This, this guy's annoying. He's ridiculous. But because he did that, everyone knew the procedure. So he saved like 2,600 people. And the crazy thing is he went back up in the building to make sure everyone was out. He was like checking through and all that. And he ended up uh, dying in the flames. And because I think he had, it, they got radio, radioed in about the Pentagon. And so he... He was like, we got to get out of here. So he saved a ton of people doing that. His body was never found. They don't know. Uh, we're to assume it was in the wreck with everything else. Um, just a very, very sad day, sad story. But that was someone who was very honorable. And you know, I think we always talk about 9-11 in, in the sense where it's like we talk about all the loss. But I feel like we should talk more about the heroes on that day and talk more about the people who went and sacrificed their lives to save people. They have, they have no idea. That's why I would say I could never be a police officer, never could be a firefighter, because to, to do that job is, and honestly, they really should get paid what they do, because you're, you're protecting these civilians and, and putting yourself out there for a stranger, you know? And obviously there's, you know, issues and corruption and, and all that, but... That's something I think we need to work on, and that's with education. Education is the best way to help that, and uh, until we start educating people, well, we're just going to have more of the same. Number three, on any given workday, up to 50,000 employees work in the World Trade Center, Twin Towers, and an additional 40,000 pass through the complex. It's friggin' wild. I mean, we're, we're lucky that those numbers aren't higher. That's That's incredible. After the September 11th attacks, oh, sorry, number four, after the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center, the rescue and recovery cleanup 
of the 1.8 million tons of wreckage from the World Trade Center site took nine months. Yeah, um, that was something I was curious about. And there's a couple of documentaries out. I think Talia had mentioned one on the stream last week. Uh, you can go back and take a look at that. But uh, there was uh, no one talks about the debris and wreckage afterwards and how that being in the air caused a lot of people to have issues, lung issues, cancer issues. And there was a lot of exposure areas after the radiation, you know, and these aftermaths still affect today. And it's 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 wild because no one thinks about how those people were compensated. Um, you know, no one talks about the family members after what they were supposed to do. Someone who lived with a roommate. It's like, are you supposed to just pay normal rent after your roommate's been passed, like murdered? Um, little things like that. And there, there's a new movie coming out. Uh, actually, I think it's already out on Netflix. What's the guy's name from Birdman? Um, was it Michael? Michael? Michael Keaton. So Michael Keaton has a movie. It's a 9-11 movie on Netflix that just came out. It's called Worth. And it's about the DC lawyer Kenneth Feinberg who he's battling the bureaucracy and the politics to try to help the victims of 9-11 to get financial compensation because, you know, they didn't choose to be in that situation and they need help. And, they, and some of these people never recovered. People lost businesses. People lost parents. People lost, you know, it's like one of the craziest things too is like I was seeing on TikTok, some people were saying like, oh, how do you feel about your, your dad dying at nine, in 9-11 or your mom? And they were like, I was in my mom's stomach or I was only like one month, six months or one. Like, I don't really know that person. Like that person was never really in my life. So I don't really feel bad about it. I mean, obviously I feel sad, such bad for my mom or dad who, you know, lost their love person. But that really doesn't affect me. But, I, but it makes them have like a little bit of survivor's remorse or guilt, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I got to figure out what, what it's called. Um, but definitely go check our YouTube and make sure you subscribe to, to hear more about that. So number five, passengers aboard United flight 93 heard about the previous airplane attacks and attempted to retake control of the plane from hijackers. As a result, the hijackers deliberately crashed the plane in a Pennsylvania field instead of at their unknown target. Huh? Interesting. While video accounts of the World Trade Center attack aired immediately, no video footage of the Pentagon attack was publicly released until 2006. Huh, that's weird. I wonder why that is. Maybe they thought there might have been something there for national security purposes, or they didn't want to like give people that inner look of what was going on. Number seven, though both the police and fire departments of New York City had their own emergency response procedures, the two departments did not have a coordinated response plan to a major incident. That's wild. I mean, I feel like a lot of times we associate those two departments together, but yeah, I mean, why what reason would they really have to work together other than being like, "Hey, we need a we need an officer down here." Um, well, I guess maybe that's just me in hindsight now, but yeah, that's that's wild that they didn't communicate together. That seems pretty important nowadays. I mean, nowadays if you you, you call anything, the police shows up. Sometimes too many. Uh, number eight, the attack on the World Trade Center on 9-11 resulted 
and the largest loss of life by a foreign attack on American soil. Uh, number nine, 18 people were rescued alive from the rubble of the World Trade Center site. That would be interesting to learn more about. I kind of want to look into that. Nine, and this, like I said, do something.org slash US slash facts, 11 facts about 9-11. If you type in do something, 11 facts about 9-11, I'm sure the article will come up. Um, oh, they don't have like a link or something. They, so they have the reference, but they don't have the link. That's too bad. I am curious to know about that. Maybe I'll look that up on YouTube. The 18 people who were rescued alive. I didn't know that. I didn't know 18 people were rescued alive from the rubble of the World Trade Center. That's I'd be very interested to know their perspective, their story, what that was all like. It was just a very fascinating, scary time. Number 10, cases of post-traumatic stress are common among 9-11 survivors and rescue workers. Respiratory problems like asthma and lung inflammation also developed at normal rates for those in and around the World Trade Center during and after the attacks. That's kind of what we were just getting into. And number 11, in 2019, the U.S. Senate passed a bill ensuring that a fund to compensate victims of the September 11th attacks never runs out of money and that first responders won't have to return to Congress to plead for more funding. Well, that's just great. That's wonderful. Now, uh, that's the word, cynic. I am cynical of the government doing anything positive, anything good, and I'm sure those people will have to actually ask for more funding. I just don't believe the government is telling the truth there. Um, And that's sad because, like I said, these people didn't choose to be in that situation um but that's what i got for you guys that's 11 facts about 9-11 i hope you enjoyed the podcast this week and i hope you have a great great monday if you're listening on monday let me know if there's anything you guys want to hear talk about uh send them to your friend if you think it'll be an interesting thing for your friend give them the timestamp of when all the 9-11 stuff starts or maybe i'll put that in the beginning but All right, everyone, thank you so much. I hope you had a great weekend and have a lovely week. I'll see you guys next week. And if you're around on Tuesday, 7.30, as always, we stream Thursday, 7.30. Be on YouTube or Twitch. That's where we go and do our thing now. I love you all. I hope you have a lovely time and week. And remember, don't try to be anyone else. That's not cool. That's whack. The only person you can be is you. Which is why I always say, just be you. Shorty from Barbados. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Well, I can't fight a halo. Last time I seen a shorty like you, my crib had cable. I don't remember yet the last time that my crib had cable. Take my hand, I say, hey, shorty from Barbados. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Well, I can't fight a halo. Last time I seen a shorty like you, my crib had cable.